Welcome to Naming, Naming It, where we discuss pop culture, current events, and how they relate to the way that we live our lives, all through the lens of two black psychologists. Naming It is dedicated to acknowledging the elephant in the room, validating the lived experience of people of color. Coming to you from the Bay Area, California, we thank you for joining us. I'm Dr. Bedford Palmer. And I'm Dr. Lamisha Hill. Music on Naming It is provided by Lee England Jr., the sole violinist. Good morning, evening, afternoon. Yeah. Welcome to Naming It. Welcome to Naming It, y'all. Episode 39. 3-9, yo. Season 2. Season 2. Is it season 2? Is that what we would call Semest- it? Academic year. Yeah. Back from? Sophomore. 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 So- sophomore edition. Sophomore. No, we ain't sophomore. Man. No, I'm, no we're, this is not sophomore edition. Yeah. I've been sophomore like four times or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be on. We're done with that. Okay. This is just the next... The next progression in in their life journey to towards being more woke. Okay, well, how do we put that in a timeline frame? I don't. Why you gotta be linear? I'm coming from an African perspective. Everything's circular, homie. Like it's just a cycle. We renewing, right? We just on the same thing. It's like it's like you you might have experienced naming it before, but now you have to experience it anew in this moment. You know what I'm saying? See see what I'm saying? See what I'm doing there? Mm-mm. Yeah. I don't yeah, see it. Yeah. I don't see nothing. I'm saying. I'm just being real. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> welcome back, y'all. It's good to see you. Yay, we missed y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hope so, y'all missed us too. Yo, I got a lot of people who were like banging on me. Like, when's the next episode, yo? When's the next episode? <laughs> yo, for real though? When's the next episode? Hey, man, how you doing? What's going on with you? Everything good? When's the next episode? Hey, bruh, when's the next episode? Well... We appreciate all that love. That's real talk. And that we, made that made the next episode come quicker. Yes, it did. We we were on hiatus. Kind yeah. of got a little caught up. Hey, well, not caught up. I mean, we had to catch up on all the work that we have. You know what I mean? Like we do have lives and jobs and family. Yeah, like uh, so. The last y'all heard of us, we were uh, having that live show, and apparently that went really well. People really liked it. Yes. Thank you so much to everyone who showed up. Yes. And who contributed, yep. all of the, the guest speakers, yep. all of our lovely friends and new friends that we met there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had, uh, we you know, we got to thank the guests, right? So we had Kalima. Uh, we had Raina and we had Rob and they all like, you know, really like put together a great, they, they really filled out that panel. We had Adisa, uh, with the drums and y'all couldn't hear all the, the good drums because we had some mic stuff, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you heard some of it. Uh, he really opened that up real well. And we got to thank Rosenblum, right? Rosenblum Sellers for, uh, Absolutely. for the space. Yeah. Um, wonderful venue. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, Ready to go? Ready. Let's get into those shout-ins. There you go. So what are you what are you shouting in? You know, it's birthday season for me and the fam. Okay. For you okay, go ahead. But for my fam, it's birthday season. I thought you were just gonna say it was like everybody's season. Like every every day is birthday season. There's a I understand that. Hundred million people got but go ahead, your people special. I would like to give a special birthday. Love and shout in to my sister, Natasha. Happy birthday to my dad, Travis. Happy birthday. And to my Bay Area bestie, India. Happy birthday. 
All right. All right. I'm going to throw a happy birthday out there, too, because it was my sister's birthday, my older sister, Shelly. Uh, her birthday was earlier in the month. And uh, we also had uh, uh, I'm going to give a quick shout out to the pool family reunion. Uh, mm-hmm. We had a great reunion uh, down in San Diego uh, in honor of my my grandmother on my mother's side and her family. Uh, saw a lot of folks who I love dearly. We had these nice, cool blue shirts. It was 114 degrees in San oh, Diego. Wow. Yeah, it was that weekend. And uh, yeah, we had, but we still had fun. You know, it was cool. It was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you play the, the classic black songs? It's a family reunion. Probably. We had we had, oh, we had a we had a dance off with the little kids. Um, okay, you, you want to stopped? I stopped. Oh, <laughs> um, this is like open mic Lamisha moment. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead, go ahead. Family reunion. Okay, that's not that's not that's not that's not that's not. Um, so yeah, yeah, we had fun. Um, but to I wanted to also. Are you done with yours? Cause I, I jumped in so. Okay, so I'm going to throw my my quick, uh, I want to quickly say um, congratulations and welcome to all the students out there who just started their new semester or just started at a new campus or you just started high school or elementary school or you started your night classes or you just like came out, you're you're a brand new professor or you're a brand new staff member who started off in the summer and now it's your first year working in education. All my educational folks Back to school. Love y'all. Uh, you know, keep it moving. So, cause you know, we we do we do real work. Um, every lot of people do real work, but I'm 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 with us right now. So, uh, and I wanted to kind of throw out there because you know I I just appreciate the work that this man does. Uh, congratulations, W. Kamal Bell, for getting your Emmy. Uh, for United Shades, it, it's a long time coming. Uh, as a big fan, I just want to say we appreciate you, bro, and we really love you to come on the show. Or he can have us on your show. I don't know if we're big enough to be up on like some United Shades and stuff. I mean, he's. Mm. I think the Emmy kind of just made it so that I don't know. We we need to get at his people. We need to stop trying to holler at him, oh, and we need yeah, to find well, his people. Okay. You know, so because he's got to have people now. The man's a he's a man right now. Uh, so is that it for uh, shout in? That is it for shout All right, all right. So you gonna play the jams? So go ahead, y'all do that. What's going on? Hey, no, no. What's going on? You just click that and use that for the rest of the time. All right, all right, all right. So what's going on? So a lot has happened since Navy took a little little hiatus and a little pause. Yeah, the the, the you, yeah the world just basically. What? We thought it was pretty. I there was, it was, there was some like, stuff going on. Yeah, like flipped upside down. It didn't flip upside. It didn't flip upside down. Um, but I do think that you know, it's interesting. It's an interesting feeling to be doing a, a show like this, right? Where we talk about current events when we talk about social justice and then you see when you know I at this point right now I have to be focused on some other things and we're taking we're, we're, we're on purpose mm-hmm. taking a break so that we can come back and do good work but then stuff happens that feels like man I, I really need to mm-hmm. I feel like we should be commenting on this and being uh-huh. being Speaking being present it. in that but like so it's a, it's a really interesting kind of feeling that I, I didn't know about before of like kind of it's almost like that uh, what is it um you know, fear of, of missing out, of missing out, but like it's more of like, 
like a fear of not providing service, if, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did, you, did you feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. In the sense of of contributing to the conversation and knowing that people are asking, you know, what are our perspectives and opinions on things and, um, you know, just wanting to sort of continue to utilize naming it as a source of solidarity mm-hmm. for a lot of communities mm-hmm, out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was feeling that too. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, like I was screaming at the TV um, and like at people in certain cases and like doing some, you know, honestly, I'm just going to be real. Like, you know, there's this whole idea of pre and post Charlottesville. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, white supremacy is white supremacy is white supremacy. It's been happening forever. And Charlottesville is actually a pretty small example compared to a lot of other things that have happened. Um, but the, the audacity of it. And how it was covered and what I saw. I mean, I I got to an angrier place. Hmm. Like my my if 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 I was a this is Pokemon Go, my anger level, like my rage attack just went up because yo these tiki torques fool. I don't mm, mm, let me stop. Uh, we said we're not gonna go too deep into everything. We can't do a Charlottesville episode right now, so we're just gonna we're gonna hit some oh, of these things. Oh, but and I talk do love the, the the levity of the the tiki meme. Yo, on Instagram. Yo, those. I mean, I just think it's. I I think it shows the ridiculousness of, like when you when you take. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't know. Like let's. We, we, we can't go into it, y'all. Yeah, in case you don't yeah. know what we're talking about, it's going to be too much will, of a side of a side. I will combo. derail this whole this whole situation. So then we also had some other uh, so we got hurricanes, Harvey and Irma, earthquake in Mexico simultaneously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, a lot of flooding and a lot of people being impacted. Right. I mean, but. You got to remember, though, they're just being impacted by random weather patterns. It has nothing to do nothing with climate all. change, nothing right? Nothing at all. It's nothing. No, that doesn't exist. No, no climate change, not not here. You Neither know. does weather the is just eclipse. very bigly, bigly weather. Mm-hmm. We have bigly and huge storms in bigly weather, right? Mm. Right. Yeah, and what what are these categories anyway? I mean, is is a storm just a storm? Well, I mean, if you don't want to be high and mighty, you know what I'm saying? If you don't want to be an elitist from the from from these 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 meteorologists, I'm putting air quotes, meteorologists who have these categories and these doctorates and these things that teach them. Well, I'm sorry, y'all. If you don't get it, we're being real sarcastic because <laughs> like if you don't believe in climate change at this point, please just turn this off. I don't want you listening. I'm sorry. I just I it's not going to help. You must be listening so you can troll us later. So just like move on, you know, so like. We've had a string. I mean, I don't know if you saw there was like this graphic of um, Irma or or excuse me, Harvey, Irma and Jose Mm -hmm. all building at the same time. And meteorologists are saying like this this Mm is unprecedented. This doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's the 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 amount of damage and the amount of the the toll, the cost of life, the cost of property, the 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 pain Mm -hmm. that has occurred based on these storms is is um it's scary you know and one thing that we wanted to acknowledge in the conversation and the coverage of the media is really uh resisting this narrative that 
that juxtaposes the lives of those in the Caribbean and, you know, black and brown bodies as like shelter from the storm uh, for American Wait, territories. People, oh, you know people and, who live in the Caribbean? Look, and you know what? They even threw Puerto Rico in there in that mess, right? They're like, they kept talking about Puerto Rico. It's like, Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, but they well, know so the conversation of the, of the colonization. So, yeah, exactly. So the U.S. Virgin Islands, right? Yeah. But, it, but the conversation from the media was very much this us versus them. There are, the, there are these other islands and other sp- places out here, um, but we'll worry about it when it gets to the mainland. Well, it, I mean, but it was, it was so much nastier than that, right? I mean, like, I actually listened to, to some of these commentators, some of these folks, these meteorologists, you know, who are actually kind of, like, applauding the idea that the hurricane is going over these land masses that hold people on them mm-hmm. because it takes away power before it hits the U.S. and it's so U.S. centric, you mm-hmm. know, it's the so mainland U.S. centric. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. like you know, it's it's white U.S. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's because those are brown islands, right? Because mm-hmm. if that was like, I don't know. I mean, anyway, I'm just saying, like it it's um it was really in, interesting in a really nasty way to watch mm-hmm. how folks would enact their privilege in their language in that way, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, and I see, like, it's funny. It's not funny. It's uh, That's not the right word. But it's interesting also how now after the aftermath of, of Irma and of Harvey, you'll see certain news outlets, like I've seen, like, MSNBC trying to focus on the Virgin Islands and, like, talk about how that's those are our folks there. Mm-hmm. But... I think I, I, part of me feels like that's a reaction to the fact that they were making really pretty nasty mistakes in the way mm. that they were talking about the the topic and people have been calling them on it. Right. Um, but I think like, you know, for us, you know, I think the issue is, is like how, how language, right, is is used and how like it's very easy for us to to just forget ourselves when we're talking about these objectified others that we put out there. And how you have to, you know, there's this whole con- concept of PC mm-hmm. conversation and people are like, I don't want to take the time for that. We should be able to have free speech, all this stuff. But what that when we're talking about empathetic conversation about peoples, then what you're saying is you want the freedom to ignore the pain of others. And I don't know, you do have that freedom, but it makes you a jerk. Yeah. And it's very sensationalized and and. Just watching the the newscasters stand on the shorelines and get battered by weather and well, not the not the big ones, you know, like the 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 the, the really high up ones. They get to be like inland somewhere or they're in out some... there. Anderson Cooper was out there. Chris he, Cuomo was no, out he was not he getting was... pushed by. He he had that time in his career. But it's, but it's he part had of that time. but it's part of the the sensationalizing of it, and it, and that's what you know. They made a lot of money off these hurricanes and, I saw view, like and a, viewership. I saw an the infographic. The more that they put the the the, the sole newscaster out there battling well, the wind, even, I mean, like real battered talk, by water and the boats saw, rocking in I the saw background. I saw an infographic that talked about like you know the the echelon. So like for a category for. I watched it. Huh? I watched it. Well, everyone watched it. I mean, I, there wasn't really a choice, you know, but it's just it, it was interesting when you saw the closer you get to the danger, the mm-hmm. the less the 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 lower the status of the anchor, mm-hmm. and, you know, to the point where if the, the people who are like kind of in the fives and getting pushed, those are probably like like very beginner, if not intern folks. And when you get to like the like super dangerous stuff, now it's um it's citizen news people. So it's like. 
you know, me or you with our little camera on our phone sitting in the house and they'll use that. And they were actually even citing people, which I think it's better than not. But like, it's just interesting the way that the hierarchies work in terms of who's going to put themselves in danger. But that's everywhere. Um, but anyway, I feel like we, we, we we're off topic yeah, a little bit. A little um, bit. So other current event uh, related to DACA deferred action for childhood arrivals. Yeah. Um, that so. That has come back in the news because um, 45 decided that he wanted to bring it back into the news and try to scare everyone by by pushing for, I, I don't know, did he like... He, he just pushed for Congress to do something about it. And they said he pretty much gave them a time limit to figure right. it out. So, but he's basically saying like, if they don't figure something out, then he's going to start deporting people. Right? I don't know if he said anything because that's, that's not... In his in his form, he doesn't really say much. Right, but he is, he sent he, out uh, probably there, a right? fifty character tweet that said, "Congress, it's time that it's now it's your time to act" or something like that. DACA. Well, I think like what he's basically from what what I understand is like he's basically going to rescind all the presidential, you know, the executive orders around it that that keep some of these folks safe. Um, so you know. W- I think that it's it's really important that folks be aware of the 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 issues here and like how to try to support folks who are undocumented and like dealing with the stress that's coming from this. Mm-hmm. Um, we have if you if you don't remember, we have an episode episode nineteen, dreaming of socially just immigration policy, um, where mm-hmm. we had. Go ahead. So we hosted Dr. Diana Pena and Dr. Herman Cadenas from UC Berkeley, and they support the undocumented student program there. And on that episode, they talked about the aspects and the terminology related to undocumented community, whether that be defining what does DACA stand for and um, other pieces of legislation, some of the history and some of the lived experiences of of being an undocumented student in, in trying to pursue higher education. Right. And even like being part of the first protests that mm-hmm. were going on in Arizona and I mean it, it, it's a really good episode that I think is pretty um, you know on point for what's happening right now and so instead of trying to reinvent the wheel why don't y'all go back and fetch it go listen to that episode and uh, you know keep the conversation going and um, and and you know be supportive out there be an ally absolutely yeah so the one other thing that we wanted to mention was about an ESPN journalist, Jamel Hill, and her comments on Twitter that have come under a lot of scrutiny. Yeah. So um, basically she uh, for I mean, in a series of tweets, she basically called out uh, President Donald Trump. Oh, that sounded horrible in my ears. Ugh. Um <laughs> She called him a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then everyone lost their minds because mm. a black woman called this white man a white supremacist. Um, and it's it's escalated to the point where I guess she was she had to she I don't know if she was formally reprimanded, but she like had to have conversations, ongoing conversations with ESPN. And she made statements saying that, you know, those were her statements. And she even went so far as to say that, like, she put ESPN in a bad situation, which I feel weird about. I do, too. Yeah. Because essentially, you know, um, the White House press secretary, is that what she's called? Sarah Huckabee? Yeah. Yeah. Standing from the podium, you know, pretty much called for for her to be fired. And so utilizing the leverage of government and authority to oppress other people in public spaces. 
Well, I mean, yeah. But I think that there's a couple of questions there in terms of like, you know, what what does it mean to to tell the truth about something, Mm -hmm. but do it in context of your employer or, you know, within your job, however that works. Yeah. Or Or, you have a very public job or a public, you know, we have these, we talk about this all the time, right? Yeah. Like we have these public roles and, and yet we, we have uh, voices that are of our own and how do we create, whether that's, some sort of framing or yeah, framing. I'm not going to even call it boundaries, just framing around well, where those voices, where those voices are. Well, but there's, I mean, there's also roles that people have, right. Mm-hmm. And in specific roles, we have specific, um, we do have boundaries, you know, your boundaries as a, as an administrator are different than mine as a faculty member. Mm-hmm. Right. I have, Absolutely. I have academic freedom. I say whatever the hell I want to say. I say stuff all the time. White supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy. You could probably say that if you want to, but you have to think about it a little bit more than me, right? I don't know if I would say it like that. I would like White to supremacy. think that I could. <laughs> I would like to think that I could say what I want to say. White supremacist. <laughs> White supremacist. There you go. <laughs> it feels White good. It feels supremacist. Good. It feels good. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it doesn't feel I, good to say it. It's no, like, no, 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 no. It feels good to to, to it, utilize your, your freedom of your voice. Yeah. I talk about these things all the time in my work in diversity and inclusion. Right. So it's not, I, I feel a great amount of freedom right. given the, the, the context of the work that I do. It's all related. So right. it makes sense. Uh, but if I had some other type of role or job and it seemed that, you know, that it was irrelevant for me to talk about and to bring in uh, either current events or social justice into my work. Um, Which it never would be, but go ahead. Exactly. And I think that that's really what we collectively are hoping to really challenge and hopefully a lot of these dialogues push that wherever we exist, whether it's, you know, in higher education or corporate structures that impact communities, we are all have the opportunity to do our jobs in an intentional manner to further social justice, to further economic justice as well. Right. Well, I mean, I don't think it's separate. I I don't think it's separate either, but I think that, that being in the Bay Area, it's part of like, it's one of my little soapboxes around not only can we do work that highlights issues related to social justice, but how we operate as institutions, whether they're educational, academic, corporate, um, tech-related, et cetera, all have an opportunity, particularly because of the um, the economic disparities that exist, particularly in California mm-hmm. and the cost of living. We can be very intentional about the shifting demographics and where people are located and where not only where people are located living in the Bay Area, but also the type of work that they end up doing. So we can have very diverse organizations, but if all of your diversity is concentrated in various spaces, that does not pre- create opportunities for economic prosperity then what are we doing? That's really off topic. I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I, um, so. Soapbox. Rant. Let me rant. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, so. <laughs> you said economic um, justice was random, so I had to explain it. I had to explain where I was coming from. Okay, so, I mean, I, I get your piece on economic justice. Um, I, I It's not, so. It makes me want to just go off into another thing about like this idea of merit and like you know the 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 folks like the whole argument that like Bernie Sanders makes about economic justice and how you can't have that argument without talking about social justice because 
as long as people aren't equal, you mm-hmm. know, then the economic piece is always going to be um, it, it'll always be like layered based on your inequality, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, you know, you, we can't have it when a black person pays more to live than a mm-hmm. white person, then economic equity doesn't actually work, mm-hmm. you know. So but that I agree with you. And we, yeah. we're going to circle it back yeah, around episode to because because for once, Lamisha took us off topic. <laughs> Um, that's usually my job, but uh, I appreciate the the support. <laughs> no problem. Don't want to leave you. It's only you know. Yeah, you, know, you usually new, have Bedford new, Ranch. It's a, it's a you new know? cycle. Every, it's a new, exactly. New space. You know. Exactly. Yeah. I'll be on one all season. There, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, so now we're gonna get into our real talk. Well, well I'm not done yet. We're oh, you know. Okay. Sorry, sorry. So we were talking about this piece with Jamel, and I think one of the important parts that that we need to talk about because we were saying like. We were making this case for um, how our places of work. Yeah. Uh-huh. So she's a journalist. Like, she's a journalist. Journalists are supposed to tell the truth. Journalists are supposed to tell the news. Why is it, like, weird or wrong for her to describe this person as he is, possibly, reasonably, dude is? I mean, like, straight up, we're going to show you in real time. We're going to show you this, right? But, like... This is a journalist telling the truth, and suddenly, like she's being threatened and persecuted by from the from the from the, the blue podium from the the blue podium. It's that, blue. That, I don't think that's the, the Democrats are blue. blue. That's just the White House the podium. Bully pulpit. I think is what you're thinking about. <laughs> bully pulpit. No, I'm just trying um, to describe whatever that pre- small little press. Why is that room so small? By the way, anyway, it's sorry, a bully pulpit. That's what it's like. That's what it's called. Yeah, the press secretary room. Well, it's just like the president speaks from the bully pulpit. They, they, they uh, okay. yeah. So, um, so let's get back to real talk. Real talk. All right. So, like, the real talk for today, I think we're we're, we're talking about focusing on just like the power of language and like how language actually does matter and, yes. and accuracy of language does matter. Yes. Right. So go ahead. And, and who is delivering and utilizing words? in certain spaces and contexts right. is received, perceived, and heard differently. Say that again. Language matters, but who uses the language also matters. Right. Yes, absolutely. That's the clearest way to say it. Yeah, I'm with that. Um, so, like, in this case, we're talking about Jamel. Um, she is an African-American person who is... Speaking, um, woman, well, well, woman, but like she's talking about race. I mean, uh, okay, I think yeah, there's always, I think the gender thing is is important there and the intersectionality of being a black woman. Okay, so she's a, a, a black woman who's talking about race, speaking, speaking of the power of a white man, and um, she says something that everybody knows. Yeah. It ain't news, it, y'all. It ain't, it ain't a secret. Right? So, but, like, because she's the one who says it, and she says it on her own Twitter account. So it wasn't, I don't believe it was, like, an ESPN account. I think it was just her Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. But because she's a public figure. Tied to. Tied to ESPN. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this whole kerfuffle around that. But, like, my, I mean, like, I want to flip the question. Like, ESPN, do you not want truth in journalism? Like, what's up with that? You know what I'm saying? And in fact, I want to say it to all the journalists out there. Why aren't you calling this person for who he is? Thank you. Um, and where are the journalists at in unit? And I'm not saying they're not there, but I mean, this people, is the this is the moment to like 
Yeah, like are you come for your people, right? Right, right. Defend this, defending, and and this is the truth truth of it, right? mm -hmm. The 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 ethics of your discipline. Ooh, say that again. Say that. Say that again, please. Defending the ethics of your discipline. So this is this is beyond Jamel and what she said. What are the principles of your discipline that you dedicated your life to pursuing? Right. Whether it's. Honesty, accuracy, integrity, fact checking. I'm not a journalist, so I don't know what those things are. Mm-hmm. But if if your co journalist, well, you know what those things are. Well, no, I don't know. But in this, in the in the discipline of journalism, what their ethics are. Okay, okay, fair enough. But this, I think, it, it, it to even create another layer of separation that if Jamel, in fact, is acting in accordance with the ethics of the discipline, where is the Association of American Journalists having her back. There you go. Well, you know. I'm not saying that they, I don't even know if there is an Association of American Journalists. I just put it up. I did just make that up. You can just make up. I'm saying, for example, in the spirit, in the the spirit, right? But this is is where the, the body of the discipline should come to defend what it is, the truth of the discipline. This is not about, this. this is beyond her. Okay, but now I feel very compelled to find out if there's a journalist association. I'm sure there is. There's an association for everything. There's always a national body that governs every core discipline. Okay, Society of Professional Journalists. Thank you. There you go. Nation's most broad-based journalism organization. So where are they at on this whole deal? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't heard anything. But I do know, I I can say that, I you know, in the stories they talked about that, um, in the news they talked about the fact that ESPN was apparently trying to like replace her, like for her segment. They were trying to like put Already? someone else in there. Push yeah. her out? Yeah, but like none of her colleagues would take the job. Because they wanted another black woman? I don't I don't know who they asked. Oh, okay. But like apparently I mean I'm just gonna give it up. I'm assume that I'd like to cause like just because y'all probably think I'm just angry at everybody and I don't like so I'm gonna assume that they asked a bunch of random, like, diverse group of colleagues of hers, and they all stood up for their ethics and said, we are not going to let you push this person out. Mm-hmm. We're not going to let you push this black woman out. And so I, I will, I will, you know, put that out there until someone tells me that I'm wrong. But, like, I'd like to believe that that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, because that would be people standing up, right? Uh-huh. It you would know? be. So let's let's circle back a little bit uh, because that that is really in the spirit of allyship, but also right. some other pieces as well, right? Right. Because I think we have to have ethical standards, and we don't get to to apply those standards um, willy nilly and when we want to, right. and when it's when it's uh, when it's more convenient for us, or right. when it's uh, not a, a topic that is perhaps charged in some regards which at this point i i I hope but clearly by the standards that we see every day Mm -hmm. that we continue to not get on the same page about what is racism so as we are operationalizing some of these terms how about we go ahead and operationalize what is white supremacy well i think that's important to do right because like did was she accurate you know what is that is that a real like statement that that a journalist should make so the dictionary uh, it defines white supremacy as the belief that white people are superior to those of all other races, especially the black race, and should therefore dominate society. Mm. Okay, so if you break that down, they're saying that white people who who subscribe to white supremacy think they're better than everyone else racially and that they should be in control of everyone else based on their race, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that's, that's the basic 
dictionary, you know, uh, definition that's that's pretty flat and it's 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 very general mm-hmm. uh, as a dictionary usually is and like if, if anybody has been on i just want to throw it out there if anybody's been on like facebook or twitter or something like that where you're getting to these arguments and someone says what's the what's the definition well that's the definition of the word and then they go to the dictionary and if you have any kind of sense or any kind of understanding of how words work you know that the dictionary is where you start but it's absolutely not where you finish when you talk about where words come from and how they work mm-hmm. so there are other ways that we can define this, and I think you looked something up, right? Right. So the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, has a definition around white nationalists. And I think this is also related to Charlottesville and all right. these different coalitions yeah. um, and factions of white nationalist organizations, and that they were trying to differentiate from each other in mm-hmm. terms of how terrible they were. I don't know what they were trying to differentiate. Well, well right? they hate blues. And then the other ones they hate they hate from a from a red perspective, and these other ones they hate from a purple perspective. But but they all hate the same people, but they they just have different different shades. They're right, diff- they're different hateful flowers. Right, and and collectively, I think a lot of folks clap back and said, "No, y'all all part of cut from a similar cloth." Right. Well, it's the same cloth. It's yes. a it's a very it's that same white same cloth. It's that white cloth that they use to put over their head. <laughs> With little holes in it, and then sometimes they get red cloths and blue cloths and other cloths, and they burn cloths in the size of a cross. Y'all, mm, I'm just saying, just saying. Let's go ahead. Go ahead. Go describing ahead. some hooded sheets. Okay, so the Southern Poverty Law Center describes white nationalist groups, um, and they say that white nationalist groups espouse white supremacist or white separatist ideologies, often focusing on the alleged inferiority of non-whites. Right. So this is this is when you see uh, those folks in Charlottesville marching through the night with tiki torches, cl- claiming that Jews will not replace us. I'm trying to figure out what the hell they're talking about, but okay. Nonetheless, right? The inferiority. Wait, you know <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You know what they're talking about? It's very obvious what they're talking about. They're they're literally like they're they're saying, "Hey, we're anti-Semitic. We're Nazis, and we like to hurt Jewish people." That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. I guess I was just, in the spirit of like this person, this individual or slash small group of of young appearing white men. What are they talking about? They, I'm sorry. There is no spirit here. There's, what are they talking about? No, like, what Jews I'm so, are about I'm so, to replace I'm, them? I'm just going to use, I'm going to use your vernacular. I'm going to use your vernacular. You say in the spirit of, well, some spirits are angels and some are demons. And these guys are bad people who are talking about bad stuff. These are the same kind of cats who would have done horrendous stuff in other places where. Uh, I, I mean, come I, on now. And I get that. Come on. I get that from. And the they ideal. did. They would have been. They, they would have been up there in the. With the, the dude gas drove and, over the young woman. I, I mean, like this is this I, is I, not like some. Mm, this is not. You know, uh, uh, a philosophical discussion. Yes, but it's like, what is it? But what is this fear that people are replaced? Like, I just don't that term that 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 slogan that they were chanting that chant. It was just you you can't baffled by it. Yeah, but you can't try. I mean, like real talk. Like this is like something that I think we have to. I I, I, you hit something here, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, I have a hard time with this, and I think that it's something that would help people. Um, when people come from a space of racism or sexism or any of the like nastier like when when you talk about the ism folks not like you know they're not the people who who have bias and they act like racist or sexist or bigoted stuff because they're not thinking about it 
you know, but the people who are actively promoting, who subscribe to a philosophy of white supremacy, for instance, mm-hmm. those people, like trying to like take logic and place it over the things and claims they make doesn't work because they're coming from an illogical space. Mm. They come from a space of believing that they're that. You know, like a, from a, from this dictionary definition, mm-hmm. these white supremacist groups think that they're better. Like when they see Jewish people, they see them as being lower than them, mm-hmm. right? Not part of their group and that they should be dominated by them. And so any example they find of a Jewish person or a black person or an Asian person or any other person, a person from Latin America, like whoever is not their litmus test of white doing anything that they think maybe they might want to have been able to do, even though they may not have the training, the skills, the 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 background, like the will, you know, the hardworking attitude. They don't have any of that. Right. But they believe they're entitled to whatever other people have, like your body, like your land, like your your freedom, like your country, like your language, like your skin. Like, I mean, like straight up, this is the stuff that moved Europe out of Europe and into the rest of the world and caused things like what we call in, in African, African-centered spaces, the Ma'afa, mm-hmm. right? Like the apocalypse for the rest of the world. When cats came out and decided to colonize and enslave and to do all these things, so like you can't you can't put you can't try to put logic on that, right? Like this is the, and it's not insanity either. It's just a really disgusting belief system that is built in order to to keep these people in power. Right. So I'm gonna go back to the definition. Thank you for that. Yeah. Sorry. That white nationalist groups. Not sorry. No. Not, no. No. Yeah. I know. I know. Apologies. White nationalist groups espouse white supremacist or white separatist ideologies, often focusing on the alleged inferiority of non-whites. Groups listed in a variety of other categories, such as the Ku Klux Klan, neo-Confederate, neo-Nazi, racist skinhead, and Christian identity, could also fairly be fairly described as white nationalists. Right. Right. Yeah, so there's like all these ancillary groups that don't want to be called it because mm-hmm. it would get in the way of funding or support or their exactly. legitimacy. Exactly. Right? But fundamentally, do they hold this belief system system? Right. Is it is it does it push forward if you look at their actions, does it fit? Mm-hmm. Right? So like let's keep it simple. Like um you can say I'm a I'm a capitalist, okay? I can say a bunch of stuff about, like, you know, believing in equality. I do believe in it. But in, in a very basic level, and I would probably think most of y'all are, too, who are listening, I'm capitalist. I believe in getting paid for getting paid a wage. I believe in giving services for that wage. And I believe in buying stuff that I like. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are things that I need in my society for me to be able to be happy right now. Maybe I'll grow into something else later. But right now, I like the fact that I can go buy a car if I need to buy a car. I like my iPhone. I'm get that iPhone X. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can tell, even if I sit here and pretend as though, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm more of a socialist. I'm a, you know, I'm, maybe I'm a com. I can say that. But if I'm going and buying stuff and getting consumer, like doing consumer stuff and, and engaging in capitalist like discourse, then I'm a capitalist. You know what I'm saying? If you do white supremacy stuff, if you if your actions are aligned with white supremacy, then you're white supremacy. Then you don't even have to be white. Mm. But like, how about that? Thank you. That's the truth. So let's look. Maybe we can. Can we take a second and just look at a uh, old 45 and see if maybe there's a way we can validate this? Go for it. So I was looking at a uh, there's an article in the Huff Post, you know, because 
I mean, I don't really have to go too deep to find the stuff, but they they list they list thirteen examples of racist things that Donald Trump has done. Mm-hmm. So this is from the Huff Post. Thirteen things. I'm just going to read you the headings, uh, and it's a long one, so I have to go all the way to the top. So he attacked a Muslim Gold Star parent. So a parent of one of our troops who passed away, who who was mm-hmm. killed in action, yes. right? A Gold Star parent mm-hmm. who was who 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 happened to be Muslim. Right, was attacked by the 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 candidate Trump. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like this is these are people. These parents are people that are off limits. You that's like political death to like say anything negative about any of any any veterans' parents who passed. You know, or anything like that. But because this person's a Muslim, he felt fine in talking about him in any old way and calling him. You know, mm-hmm. just just using bigoted rhetoric, 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 and all that stuff. And his supporters let him get away with it. You know. Yeah. So. Someone else has talked about that in terms of like all the things that Donald Trump has said as like. As that they're still not disqualifying. Well, but we're not. So whether they're disqualifying or not, does it make them? Is it the racist thing? Right. So these are let's talk about actions. Remember, (laughs) for episode one, we said that we're social scientists. We look at what you say and what you do. That's how we tell whether you're a racist. So he he said racist stuff about a Muslim guy. He also said that a judge could not adjudicate his case because the judge was Mexican, and since he had made racist remarks about Mexicans, then any Mexican, right? So, like any Mexican couldn't 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 be a professional around him. So he doubled down on mm-hmm. his his anti Mexican rhetoric, his mm-hmm. racist medic, me- Mexican rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Keep so on. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, the Justice Department sued his company twice for not renting to black people. Right. Housing discrimination. And his daddy. Uh And his daddy. I'm just saying. I believe that he said that he wouldn't, he, something related to, and I'm sort of paraphrasing or sort of conceptualizing his sentiments that, that not only could black people not live in his housing environments, but that they could also not work for him. And the only person he wanted counting his money was a short, bald guy wearing a yarmulke. Well, I, I didn't know about that. Said. It's not an article, but like that—that is what he said. That sounds. Oof. Yeah, he didn't so, want black people counting his money, i.e., working for him, right. and the only person that could count his money or that was worthy of counting his money. Well, they 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 said you know the was sh- short right. So like not like it's there's also this dominance piece there, right? <laughs> Let's just keep, um, keep going. So. The HuffPost also said that he has a, that in fact discrimination against black people has been a pattern in his career. Uh, one of the things they wrote is workers at the Trump's casino in Atlantic City in New Jersey have accused him of racism over the years. New Jersey Casino Control Commission fined Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino $200,000 in 1992 because managers would remove African-American card dealers at the request of a certain big spending gambler. Um, a state appeals court upheld that fine. Um, there's other examples of this, but let's keep going. Let's just jump down. Um, he refused to condemn the white supremacists who are campaigning for him. Mm-hmm. He has white supremacists campaigning for, for him, him, and he won't get... Re- he, yo, this dude pretended like he didn't know who David Duke was. Like, he pretended as if he didn't know who David Duke was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like, let, let's, let's just keep going. Let's keep going. Oh, wait. Birtherism. Birtherism. This fool. I'm sorry. Get, like, yo. Like, 
trying to 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 push forward this idea that President Barack Obama, my president, your president, all of our president, the last president that we've had so far, is is somehow disqualified because he wasn't born in the United States based on this weird claim that his birth certificate wasn't real. This is ridiculous. It was always ridiculous. And he pushed this so, so, I mean, this is one of the most racist things that I've ever seen Mm -hmm. in terms of like, just like making up a lie to, to defame someone, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, there's much more, I mean, lynching somebody is more racist, but guess what? He also tried to lynch people. Yes. Okay. So park. Five. Say it. Say Central it. Park Five. Mm-hmm. And so who were who were accused of sexually assaulting a woman in a park, uh, later to found to be innocent. Uh, yet when the in in 1989, there was Trump took out a full page ad in the mm-hmm. New York City uh, in, in four New York City newspapers, not just one in four, asking calling for not the death penalty, but the return of the death penalty, which had not been happening in New York. And the expansion of police authority in response to, to 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 these, the fact that he believed these black men, right, had raped this woman. Like, that is, I mean, y- y'all, come, hold, come with me for a second, okay? Like, this is the epitome of what lynching is, mm-hmm. okay? The fact that he did it through a newspaper ad, the fact that he used his power and his money as influence to incite the people of New York. To, to commit an injustice against these people, not based on evidence, but based on his sentiment and his biases and his beliefs about black men. Correct. This is what lynching is. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the fact that we've moved into to a point in history where lynch mobs are frowned upon and illegal, mm-hmm. he would have had people come after them. That's right. what that was about. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead he had like, you know, the system go after them and then they were found innocent and he he said something to the extent of it was like a travesty or something like Mm -hmm. he never even took uh, responsibility for his wrongness in that. But again, he tried to get these guys killed. You Mm -hmm. cannot say he didn't. That's what he wanted. He wanted the death penalty back. So those people would be killed. He tried to do that himself. That is what lynching is. Right. So these are just a few. Wait, you got more. Yes. Okay. His, his, he told his people at his his rallies to beat up on Black Lives Matters folk. Like, he told them oh. to, like, physically attack people and said that he would pay for their legal fees. Mm, mm, mm. Go punch this guy. Like, they should carry these people out. Back in the day, back in my day, what day are you speaking of, dude? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yo, like, seriously. Um, Pepper's about to come out the chair. I'm just saying... So let's let's. I'm, I'm, so no, I'm not going to. I'm a, I'm I'm a fully sit in the chair. So as a social scientist, as a as a logical human being, right? We have a journalist who described a person based on a certain philosophy, and that person's belief sets based on their actions and what they say. So they they are aligned with that philosophy in 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 such utter stark relief, right? Right. That only a blind moron would believe that this person is not what she said he is. And she's supposed to apologize. She's supposed to lose her job. Yo, ESPN, real talk. ESPN, I'm just talking between you and me. What do you want on your network? This network that is built on the bodies of black people. 
What do you want in your network? So Bedford went on a rant, but all truth and speaking truth to power and really highlighting that, yes, uh, coming back around to what is white supremacy and did Jamel Hill accurately name Donald Trump as a white supremacist, utilizing the evidence from his actions and behaviors as it aligns with the definition? Yes, Donald Trump has shown himself to be a white supremacist. Damn right. He's a yo. He's not just. He's the. He's the leader of them. You talk about leader of the Republican Party. He's a leader of white supremacy in the United States right now, giving license to these people to do horrible stuff, and that's just the truth. Right. So, how do we talk about white supremacy? Given that how we open this, the real talk is that language is important, but who is delivering such language is also important. So does that bring us to our, our takeaways? Yes. So this season, iteration, elevation of naming it, we will toggle back and forth between our self-care tip of the week and or the takeaways. Right. So this week's takeaway, um, we were talk- we've been talking about language, we've been talking about accuracy. So one of the things that we've uh, been getting feedback about is like, how do you enact some of the things that we talk about during the show, right? Mm-hmm. So in this case, when we're thinking about how we use language, it's uh, if you're trying to, to, to move forward as an agent of social change, if you're trying to move forward as an ally, then I think it's really important to understand that language does actually matter. How you say things, the way you say things, the way that like we were just talking and I didn't mention that that Jamel was a um, was a woman, was a black woman. And I just said a black person. And then um, Dr. Hill kind of corrected me. And I had to I have to own that. Right. Because in her ears, me taking away her womanhood. I'm assuming that there was something yes. something that came up, right? Yes, yes, because yeah. it, 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 her experience navigating corporate structure and being a journalist and being one of the only, you know, black female journalists in sports at that level cannot be devoid of her, her as a woman and as a black woman. Right, right. So it's intersectional. Exactly. So when I mean, like what we have to understand is that like. What we have to understand is that when we use terminology, when we're talking about people, there is a a, a need for empathy to come in there, right? Mm-hmm. We need to have we need to take a, a stance that allows us to not one not harm people, right, but also to empower folks. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about journalists, like if I was going to speak to any journalists out there who who's wondering how can I bring this practice more into my journalism. Uh, I would say that you need to start to talk about things as they are. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't censor out things based on being PC for oppressors. You know, like yes. the people in power don't need your help. Right. You know, so like this whole idea, for instance, that you can't you can't label someone as racist. Right. And the power of language is such that we, we develop associations both visually and emotionally. And... While, yes, the KKK is in a form of white supremacy, white supremacy also shows up in a number of different ways. And if we can't talk about white supremacy as it shows up in all these different sectors, in all these different spaces, uh, both in various white nationalist organizations, but also in, in aspects of structural racism, structural oppression and inequality, 
then white supremacy will always be tied to the KKK, which is a limited definition of what that means. Right. So, I mean, I think that like when it comes down to it, when we're using language, when when you're out there in the world, you have to look at who, like, what is your intersectional positionality um, in the world as a black man, you know, who's a U.S. citizen um, and who's able-bodied and who is Christian. Um, I don't know, and 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 is is uh, not in uh, who has high higher than the average socioeconomic status. There are certain things that I have freedom in, and certain places where I'm I'm taking pretty major risks. You know, mm-hmm. whenever I'm talking about race, like that's part of my own reference group, and it's it there's there's some high risk in there because mm-hmm. people can just undermine what I'm saying based on me being part of the group. Right. But when I speak about sexism, when I speak about like uh like misplaced nationalism when i speak about like uh uh classism when i speak about you know uh, heterosexism these are spaces where i have privilege and my statement might be able to pull a certain amount be able to bring a certain amount of that power into the space that allows for a more open safe space for other folks who i'm trying to ally with right but i can't do that if i don't use like if i'm not telling the truth And I think that that's what it really comes down to. We have to speak the truth. When we talk about things, when we talk about racism, we have to talk about racism bald, like bare, naked. It's racism. That's what that is. That's sexism. It's not some, it's not boys will be boys. It's not okay, halfway okay. It is just straight up sexism, right? right? So the same way we need men to talk about sexism, misogyny, domestic violence, rape, trauma, and abuse, we need white people to talk about white supremacy, white nationalism, and all of those other forms of racism as well. Right. And you need to know, like, so, like, if we're just going to, you know, just just fill this out a little bit, you can't just do that because you feel it. You have to go out and you have to learn more about the groups that you're trying to be supportive of. And you have to learn more about your own history. You know, so uh, I get into these discussions all the time about slavery and, like, folks talk about they want to they wanna equate, like, earlier forms of slavery, the chattel slavery that happened in the United States and then in the, in the, the Northern, excuse me, the Western hemisphere, right? Um, chattel slavery is different. I'm not going to explain it right now because I've explained it before, but what I'm saying is, is that if you don't understand that difference, then you're not going to be able to speak to it. Mm-hmm. And you have to go out and get that information. You have to get that knowledge. Like you have to understand if you're going to talk about the LGBTQIA plus communities, You need to understand their history and how heterosexual people have been messing with them across the years. So I'm going to land this plane on the takeaways. Okay. And we're going to iterate one last time that the takeaway for language is significant and who speaks the language in various places is also significant. And we invite you to further your commitment to social justice and allyship by educating yourself and utilizing your privilege and power in spaces where you can advocate for change. There you go. Named it. All right. So is that it for this episode? Are That's we, it. Are we done? That's that, it. We're back, yo. The takeaways. Yo. Hey. <laughs> yo, so this is that episode to my folks who was like, yo, when's the next episode? It just happened, yo. You were just there. 
So uh, where, where are we at now? What are we going to do? How but if you want to get in a little bit more, if you want to join the episode, if you want to join the conversation, call us at 607-YOU-NAME-IT. That's 607-862-6348. Tell us your name and or your Twitter handle, etc. And share your voice. All right. All right. And for details about the topics mentioned in this episode, check out our website, namingitpodcast.com. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Naming It Podcast. And you can also check out our store and pick up some Naming It gear. I have heard from many people that our t-shirts are bomb. And they have asked, what kind of t-shirt is it? And it fits so well and it's so comfortable. So if you want one of those awesome Naming It t-shirts, pick it up at the store. All right. And uh, if you like what you heard, we'd really love it if you leave us a review. Um, If you want to discuss a specific topic, send us a message or a tweet and we'll try to incorporate it. Uh, You can leave us reviews on iTunes. You can leave it on Stitcher. You can leave it on Podbean. You can go and uh, just like write something really nice about us in any old space and just link it to us. You know, that'd be awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it all. Yeah. So where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Lamisha Hill. And I'm at DRBF Palmer on Twitter, and you can find me all over the place. And a special shout out to Music on Naming It, provided by Lee England Jr., the soul violinist. All right, all right. So, um, is that it for, for us today? That's it. All right, so. Keep naming it, y'all. Peace.